ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, summer in Australia and it's about uh, holidays. In fact, it looks like the whole of the country goes on holidays in January. Lots of beach holidays and you can see bikes and caravans and surfboards heading up the highway. But uh, that might be a little different. In fact, a lot different if you're renting in an uncomfortable home that's very hot. In fact, a recent study found that many renters in Western Australia live in homes that heat to over 30 degrees during the summer months, and that's a long time. And it has been, as you all know, very, very hot in WA lately. Now, prolonged exposure to temperatures like that can have a negative impact on a renter's health, on anybody's. But cooling your rental property could often be costly, especially with the increased price of electricity, especially if you've got aircon. That's very costly. So we're joined by Sabrina Clark, project lead for the Coping Cookbook, an initiative from Better Renting. Now, here to provide some tips for keeping your rental property as cool and comfortable and energy efficient as possible during the summer without breaking the old bank. And I'm happy to say that Sabrina is on the line with me now. Good day. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So firstly, tell us about Better Renting, the uh, the mission of the organisation, if you like. Yeah, so Better Renting is a national tenancy advocacy organisation. Uh, we are a community of renters working together for stable, affordable and healthy homes. Really what we're working towards is to make sure that renters have access to good quality homes that they can have some control over, um, that they can enjoy some comfort and security in their homes as well. So that more or less sums up the the crux of what it is we're working towards at Better Renting. Fantastic. We'll talk about hot homes in a tick, but surely uh, your first problem, it's been in the news this week, is the incredible increase in rents over the past 12 mm. months. It's just been, and honestly, I think to myself, sometimes I don't know how some people afford it. Yeah, absolutely. Rent increases have been a huge, huge ongoing problem for number of years now, um, especially with the broader cost of living crisis that renters are having to put up with as well. Um, and I mean, that's all topped off by the fact that the the homes that renters are having to live in, that they're paying exorbitant rents for are just not fit to live in a lot of the time. Uh, so renters are just really feeling the crunch on a number of different levels, particularly rent increases, uh, other cost of living pressures, and just having a poor quality rental home, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, so common problem is the heat. Obviously, it gets dreadfully hot in WA. Mm. Well, it does in far north Queensland. In fact, it does everywhere during the summer. Absolutely. So these extreme indoor temperatures, it would make some places almost inhabitable, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know there is pretty good data on what living in a hot home will do to your health in the long term. Uh, so, it, I mean, nobody should be living in these conditions. Every every person has a right to, you know, a safe, healthy and affordable home. And that's what renters should be able to have access to as well. Um, Living in extreme heats like this, especially as you mentioned with the heat waves, we've been seeing the really hot temperatures in WA and Queensland as well. Uh, it's just it's just really unacceptable that this is an ongoing problem renters are dealing with for so long. Oh, in the far north of WA, I've seen temperatures approaching 50 degrees. It's been, you know, 46, 47. I mean, that's just ridiculous, but that's probably the extreme. Mm. Okay. When um, a property is said to be fit for habitation, according to most jurisdictions in Australia, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think fit for habitation is something that is not well defined. Uh, so for the most part, it means that the house has to be sort of structurally sound, that it's not falling down. You don't have sort of ceilings caving in and that sort of thing. Um, it also means that a home should have adequate lighting and ventilation. 
Um, but it is still quite a general term that is not necessarily well-defined. So, for example, can we really say that a, a home is fit for habitation if it is routinely above 30 degrees inside mm. and there's absolutely no air conditioning or features to call it at all? Mm. Um, I would say no. I would say yeah, that's no. not fit for habitation. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really why we believe that we need to have minimum energy efficiency standards that will help to make these things a lot clearer and easier to define. Yeah, we'll get on to tips for coping in a tick, but it occurs to me first and foremost, I mean, air conditioning, it's probably not mandatory to have it, but most renters probably couldn't afford to run it anyway, could they? Absolutely. Yeah, we are actually running another project called Renter Researchers and a very frequently complained about problem, I guess, from renters is that they often will actually have air conditioners in their home, um, but the cost of living pressures they're facing, like rent increases, uh, exorbitant energy costs are just so extreme that they can't afford to use an air conditioner, even if they do have it. Mm. Um, Additionally, if their home is, uh, if it has poor energy efficiency standards, even if they are running an air conditioner, it's extremely ineffective at actually cooling their home down. And it has extremely high energy costs associated as well. Um, so air conditioners can be fantastic, but they're definitely not the the sort of be all and end all, or a sort of sufficient enough of a solution for this this you know, problem. Gee, Sabrina, at home, we only turn the aircon on when it's absolutely necessary, and we don't need it anymore. It goes off. I mean, it's uh, I think it's a problem for mm. everybody, but it certainly is in this situation. So, uh, tell the listeners and me what inspired uh, the coping cookbook. Yeah, so the Coping Cookbook is a sort of a collection of um, DIY crowdsourced tactics that renters are submitting to help renters be able to cope, uh, to sort of cool their homes down during summer. So essentially, we were inspired to create this project by listening to the stories that renters were telling us, uh, how much they were struggling, how much they weren't able to afford to cool their homes Um, We know that summer can be really brutal with the heat waves that we're seeing. uh, And we also know how many dangers this can have for your health. Mm. Unfortunately, renters who are living in these really hot homes are unable to cool them down. They're either not able to make um, sort of permanent modifications themselves. um, And we also have landlords who are not required to provide features Mm -hmm. that would make their home safe during periods of of heat. So having things like ceiling insulation, um, for example, or having air conditioning that is energy efficient, Mm. um, those features are not required. Mm. So that's sort of the problem we were trying to address with the coping cookbook um, so that renters who are stuck in this situation right now can actually get some relief and cool their homes down this summer by using some of these DIY tactics to cool their home down. Uh, And these tactics are designed to be affordable, um, adaptable to different types of homes Mm. and also don't require any permanent installation that, you know, your landlord won't let you modify Yeah, and I imagine, too, uh, a landlord might say, okay, well, I'll put the air conditioning in, but then I'll put the rent up as well, you know. So Mm. in in some cases, you couldn't win, could you? Yeah, absolutely. That's another issue. I mean, obviously, we don't don't want to see further rent increases for renters who are suffering, but we also – know that renters shouldn't have to live in these okay. in these extreme temperatures. So, yeah. Yeah. so this and, is a sort of a tactic to help them in the meantime. Yeah, and this is all part of the Healthy Homes for Renters campaign. It is a campaign, obviously. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the Coping Cookbook is, it's sort of separate to the Healthy Homes for Renters campaign, but they definitely complement each other. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so the Coping Cookbook is uh, a resource that will help renters to stay cool right now um, to give them these this sort of immediate relief. Mm. But it is, it's not a substitute for what we need in the long term, um, which is for state and territory governments to implement and enforce minimum energy efficiency standards. Yeah. So that's really where the Healthy Homes for Renters campaign comes in. Um, that campaign is really focused on making sure we can get these standards passed. Um, and as a national collaboration, it has quite a lot of um, a lot of power to, to make sure that this long-term structural mm. change can happen while we're also helping renters right now deal with their hot homes. No, terrific. All right, uh, some tips. And some might sound simplistic, listeners, but simple solutions like uh, closing the curtains, I- impacting the temperature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the, the best things you can actually do to keep your home cool is maybe unsurprisingly to stop the heat from getting in your home in the first place. Um, so some of the best features that you can have in your home to really reduce indoor temperature is to have really good insulation and to have shading. So something as simple as closing your curtains, particularly if they are blackout curtains, which really will block that uh, that light and heat from coming in your windows, can actually reduce the amount of heat coming in your windows by up to 24%. Um, so it's, it's quite a surprisingly effective tactic that, yeah. um, that doesn't require a lot of effort to set up. Yeah, before we continue with the tips, though, I can hear, almost hear my listeners' minds ticking over. Uh, what about mm-hmm. ensuring that the insulation projects you do in your property and may need to be reversed in the future? And the landlord Lord says, well, you change the property and you're going to lose your bond, that sort of thing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is exactly why we have tried to make the coping cookbook as adaptable as it is. So obviously there are permanent insulation um, upgrades you can make to homes that are permanent. Um, and we've tried to give renters the best sort of alternative to that that we can that doesn't leave them in this situation where their landlords will get upset with them. Exactly. Uh, so one example we have as a sort of DIY version of, of insulation is a type of window film that you can apply directly on your windows. It's uh, sort of like a decal. Okay. So this can actually, yeah, it's, it's actually quite okay. effective to filter or reduce light. Um, you can get a lot of different types of these and you can also remove the film at the end of your lease. Um, so, yeah, so there are quite a few tactics like this that where we've tried to take the logic of insulation and shading and make sure that renters can actually adapt this for their home right now. Yeah, and that stuff's not that expensive from memory. What about um, the use of like a bubble wrap type thing on your windows? Yeah, absolutely. So we have quite a few tactics. Uh, I should say renters are actually able to submit their own recipes, which they're doing quite a lot at the moment, which is amazing through our website. Yeah, great. Uh, So, yeah, so we've received quite a few uh, tactics from renters where they have applied bubble wrap, um, lots of other sort of DIY window insulation things um, like cardboard as well. I've heard some people use. Um, This is incredibly budget friendly. These are materials that you often will already have in your home. Mm. Um, They will have sort of varying degrees of effectiveness. Um, Some of the more, uh, you know, expensive 
tactics may be a little bit more effective in the long term. So things like um, having external shade cloths, for example. Mm. But these sort of budget-friendly solutions like using bubble wrap on your windows can still be incredibly effective Mm. um, at providing some sort of temporary insulation and keeping your home cool. Yeah. Can I throw one in? Actually, it's just occurred to me if you could get your landlord to agree to it. And we've got Mm -hmm. it uh, at home. It's a little whirligig type fan device and it wasn't very Mm -hmm. expensive on the roof. And what it does is suck the hot air out of the roof cavity. And you'd be surprised, yeah. you'd be surprised what a difference that makes. I reckon uh, maybe two, possibly three degrees in the height of summer because all the hot air is not sitting on top of the house. Uh, and it's not very expensive at all. Maybe, you know, you go halves with the landlord or something and he might find it's a useful thing to have there anyway. So that's one we've got and it works very well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those sort of devices, whirly gigs are fantastic. They can be really good at sucking that heat out. Um, and yeah, absolutely would encourage renters to, you know, ask their landlords for these types of upgrades if they can. Um, I suppose uh, the unfortunate situation is some renters are living in homes where they don't feel comfortable um, sort right. of yeah, asking absolutely. their landlords yeah. for these types of upgrades. I get it. Yeah. Um, but if they are in that position, obviously it's an excellent, excellent strategy to help um, help cool their homes down. But at least some of these tactics they can also use in the meantime without needing that permission from their <laughs> yeah, landlord, which right. is a bonus, I guess, if you can have both. Well, I, I guess utopia is if you do have a great relationship with your landlord, but you and I both know that's often not the case, is it, sadly? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it shouldn't be the case. It should be the case that you can approach your landlord. Um, and many landlords, I should say, are more than happy to do these upgrades. Yeah, sure. Um, it's yeah. just we can't take for guaranteed, unfortunately, that everybody can no. <laughs> see these upgrades, which no. is unfortunate. And shade sales, shade cloth, that can be relatively inexpensive at Bunnings, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other recipes we have on our website, so we have around six recipes on our website at the moment. Um, Shade cloth is one of the strongest recipes we would really encourage renters to give a try. Um, It does involve a few more steps and you do need to sort of purchase the shade cloth. Um, But this actually stops sunlight from coming into your home, like it's external shading. Um, which is one of the most effective things you can do. So this can actually reduce the amount of heat coming into your home um, from your windows by around 80%. Wow. Um, so That's also great. an incredibly effective yeah. strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm speaking with Sabrina Clark uh, from Better Renting, the project uh, lead of Coping Cookbook. Yeah, look, there's there's lots of things, isn't there? Look, I'm, and again, this is going to sound obvious, but fans, I mean, obviously the more the heat is moved around the room, the better off you're going to be, yeah? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Getting that air moving is, is very important to keep it cool. Now, pedestal fan, ceiling fan, well, if the ceiling fan's not there. That's another one that has to be negotiated, I guess. But, you know, the pedestal mm. fan and, I mean, utilising, and this is going to sound very simple, but it works because I think the old expression is all the heat comes out of the top of your head, but a wet cloth around your neck. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's another tactic a lot of renters are using, um, having sort of wet, you can buy specifically um, cooling scarves that are designed for that that will stay cool for a really long time. Um, and also, yeah, having wet cloths around your neck is another good one. The pedestal fan, um, you can actually modify as well to make that even cooler by having a bucket or a bowl of ice in front of your fan. Um, and when the air sort of blows over the um, ice, it actually produces kind of a cool mist yeah, that will right. go through your home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, evaporative cooling can be really, really effective as well. 
Yes, exactly. Now, back to the, the landlord. I mean, um, you don't want to fight. In what ways can the tenant enhance the appeal of that proposal when they're asking for a cooling option from the landlord rather than making it a, you know, he said, she said, no, you're not having it. Yeah, I want it. That's what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. That's a, I guess, a sort of more complicated um, question because it sort of depends on where you are and the sort of relationship that you will have with your with your landlord as well as what rights you have state to state. Um, one of the things you can do is to try to collect some data about the actual temperature that you're facing in your rental home. Um, we've heard stories of some renters being able to take their, their temperature tracking data to their landlord to say, for example, you know, here is my data. It says that it's been 35 degrees in our bedroom. You, yeah. We really need you to install a ceiling fan um, or an air conditioning unit. And at times this can be effective way to sort of persuade your landlord that these upgrades are necessary. Um, obviously, these can also, some of these upgrades can also improve the, the value of the home. Um, so from the landlord's point of view, that is obviously a huge um, worthwhile investment on their part as well. Yeah. Um, but it does obviously depend on on how safe and secure you feel in your relationship with your landlord to be able to have these types of conversations as well. That's right. That can be very delicate, as we know. Um, this is a genuinely overnight's program, so we're going everywhere in Australia. So how different, by the way, are the property regulations around the country? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So there's quite a lot of variation state to state on what um, tenancy rights that you may have, as well as what um, sort of minimum energy efficiency features that your landlord is required to provide. Um, so this, you know, this covers the sort of tenancy laws can also cover things like no cause evictions, um, which is varied state to state as well. In terms of energy efficiency standards, uh, the ACT has a minimum standard for ceiling insulation as of 2023, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, and Victoria also, as of March 2022, requires having a, a fixed two-star heater in the living room, mm. which unfortunately doesn't really help renters in summer, <laughs> but <laughs> come winter is at least um, at least something that they they have entitlements to. But yeah, state to state, very different uh, rules and regulations regarding tenancy rights um, and these sort of minimum energy efficiency standards as well. We would really like to see these become standardised across all states and territories so that everybody across Australia can have access to the same um, renters' rights as, as anywhere else. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Gee, I'm reminded, I told my listeners and I saw it online, and it was a queue that went around about three streets of uh, people trying to rent, and I think it was only a $400 a week, tiny little apartment. And I think mm. from memory it was in uh, Flemington, near the racecourse in Melbourne, and there was just hundreds of people uh, lining up to try and get this property. So, you know, there's the problem. Hey, mm. you're going to want to get the property. Oh, I've got the property, so I don't want to complain. But that doesn't mean mm. that you shouldn't make sure that your rights are protected when you when you're taking it out to, and you lease on a rental property. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly you've nailed the issue on the head there. I think renters are just so scared of raising a lot of these issues with their landlord. Yeah. Um, and exactly as you mentioned, these rentals are often very high times in demand. Um, but absolutely, renters and everybody should be able to have access to healthy safe and affordable homes. And this is something we should be able to take for granted, not something we should have to sort of ask for on an individual level. Um, so yeah, again, that's why minimum energy efficiency standards 
on in all states and territories is really, really what we're pushing for yeah. um, as an organisation in our and in our Healthy Homes for Renters campaign as well. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the number of listeners and I get them on the phone for the quiz or something and I say, well, what are you doing? And I say, well, I'm, I'm just sitting out in the backyard or on the balcony having a quiet drink because it's too bloody hot inside. So, you know, that's mm. that's the issue we're facing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's if you can't relax in your own home, is it, you know, yeah. it sort of ceases to become a home in a sense. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a really key part of making sure that we are improving these homes and, and making them livable and cool during summer and all year round. Yeah. Now, where can my listeners find the coping cookbook? I imagine it's actually not a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. We so we are launching are you, oh, are you, the website. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've launched the website already. Um, so they can they can check that out on www.betterrenting.org.au okay. forward slash coping underscore cookbook. Um, if they don't want to remember the URL, they can also Google coping cookbook, and it will be the first result to appear that way. Yeah. Um, we are actually going to be doing a launch event in person in Sydney. Um, So this will be around mid-March this year. Um, And the idea here is that we will have a complete version of this cookbook with all of our recipes ready to go. Um, And we may or may not have some print versions of the coping cookbook available at that launch as well. So we'd really encourage everyone to sort of keep an eye and an ear out for that event. Um, In the meantime, though, we would love for everybody to visit the website um, to submit your own recipe if you have one for keeping your home cool during summer and also to test out some of the recipes that are already there sort of give us feedback on on how those are working for you i really love that bubble wrap idea now that i think about it that makes absolute sense on the windows the bubble wrap yeah yeah yeah. it's really simple and surprisingly effective all of those tactics yeah great and it's betterrenting.org.au yeah yes yeah, well, it's it's fantastic, uh, really, and it's just one of those things. And when you think about how hot it's been and how hot it will be, it's only mid-January, and it can be very hot, okay. very hot into March and, and April. And then we've got the problem of uh, trying to warm the place up. Oh, no, let's not start with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? We but might... yeah, we'll, we'll deal with summer for now and we'll go from there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you again in June. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Sabrina Clark from Better Renting and The Coping Cookbook. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 